2: Number two of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, it's hour two of Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortelaro with you as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. As we reset the scene with today's poll questions, we'll, of course, get heavy into the NFL draft. That's finally here, round number one tonight. Get started, 5 p.m. If you're interested, you can watch the NFL Network, you can watch ESPN, or you can watch ABC. And I think ABC is doing, like, more features on some of the players as opposed to uh, the more analytical side of things is going to be on your traditional espn and nfl network broadcasts but as we typically remember last year i quit watching it was
1: that the year before whenever it was i quit watching the abc broadcast and just did nfl network and espn
2: kdos 1060.com's poll question should the cardinals trade the third pick of tonight's nfl draft resoundingly out in front is yes at 80 percent of the vote no trailing at 20 percent
1: yeah, I'm not yeah, I think that sounds about right. I think. You know, we'll find out, I guess, tonight whether it's right or not. But uh yeah, that 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 voting doesn't surprise me. it's not like the first time we've brought this up. You know, we've some shape or form you, uh used this as a poll question for the last three, you know, three, four months, quite frankly, because we knew it was gonna happen a long time ago.
2: On Twitter, at AM 1060 this also seems to be the prevailing thought. Bryce Young to the Panthers. So are the Panthers making the right decision by selecting Bryce Young with tonight's first pick? Yes, leading the way at 77.8%, no trailing at 22.2% of the vote.
1: Okay, well, I already gave up my uh, answer to the first question in the first hour, and I'll wait on this one, even though if people have been listening – uh, for the last you know, more than a year, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, probably they're not going to be surprised at my answer of the Bryce Young selection by the Panthers.
2: No, I have a feeling I know what it's going to be, but we will. Really? Afi- yeah, I do. But we'll officially get to it around 11:30 uh, or so today. Your calls, if you'd like to join the program, 602-260-1060, around 11:15. Bob, I know it's not your favorite, but mock draft season—it's almost over. As I mentioned, the draft yeah. gets started at 5 p.m. But I wanted to bring up this mock draft here with you, and it's from Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, his first yeah, round.
1: I would have watched. I would have watched this last night, but there were four NBA playoff games going on, so I didn't. Yeah. So I, I think he does. A, I think he does a really good job. I think he works very hard. I met him, I can't remember if it was last year when the Chargers were here in a preseason game, but he's a really nice dude. Listen to his podcast some. I think he does an excellent job.
2: I can't remember if it was something I watched or if it was something I read, but they were talking about how... There are certain scouts, certain front office people, certain uh, general managers that really do pay attention to what some of the the prognostications are for these mock drafts because it gives you some insight into maybe what they're seeing about a particular player and also maybe what they know from some inside sources of teams as to maybe what one team is leaning in a certain direction or another. But they really seem to prevailingly – really like what Daniel Jeremiah does and kind of value his opinion at least the some of the perception across the league.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds right. And the other thing, uh, I remember, uh, you know, back in the days where we tried to do some mock drafts or when they actually when I syndicated days, they made us do a mock draft, which, you know, was always a uh, an interesting discussion because I wasn't a big really thrilled about that idea uh but anyway i did it because they paid me to do it but anyway there are certain people in certain cities i think you can get a lot of good information from john mcclain comes to mind from houston and you know he's kind of uh you know if you wanted to find anything about the, the texans for years he's the guy to go to and so I think you just you know, the longer you do something like that or like what we're doing, and if you pay attention for a long time over the course of a few years, I think you have a pretty good idea of who you can believe in maybe more than other people.
2: So here's Daniel Jeremiah's first-round mock draft with, he does have some wild things happening, and it does pertain to the Arizona Cardinals. So, uh, number one, not wild. He does have Bryce Young going to the Panthers there at first overall Then at number two, this is where things get tricky. Uh, He has the Texans taking C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State which this has been interesting because it seems like the the conversation and the narrative has been shifting that the Texans will take a quarterback, but they're going to take one much later on in the first round of the draft. So uh, they would pass here and go Will Anderson. But this is what Daniel Jeremiah is suggesting, that the Texans would then select – will anderson with the third overall pick because they're going to trade with the arizona cardinals and it would be a compensation package where the texans get number three the cardinals get number 12 number 33 number 73 and a 2024 third round pick
1: I would be totally in favor of that for the Cardinals. I mean, I'm not sure what the other offers might be out there. I think that they're, you know, this is not breaking news. I think they'd be crazy if they stayed at number three. I also think that if, you know, Stroud goes number two, that kind of reduces the Cardinals' trade value at three.
2: Yes, because then I think you start getting into the run on quarterbacks, right?
1: Well,. And then I'm not so sure that a lot of people are, you know, how many teams are going to trade up uh, to get either Levis or or Richardson at that point? If the top two quarterbacks are one and two, I think the value of, uh, you know, trading the third pick is reduced.
2: Then for Daniel Jeremiah, at number 4, the Colts taking Will Levis, quarterback, out of Kentucky. Uh, I know you're not overly high on Will Levis, but we (laughs) (laughs) all tend to do this. Uh, Quarterback is the position of need, so you kind of stretch when you need a quarterback.
1: Yeah, people do. Uh, I think that uh, I would be highly surprised and i will be i think people if you've listened to the show long enough over the years or maybe even just you know briefly uh you know i do uh you know, when the, the rare cases i'm wrong i will admit that i'm wrong and uh i would be really surprised if he were ever and i mean ever a really productive nfl quarterback
2: number five daniel jeremiah has the seahawks taking jalen carter at this point if jalen carter doesn't go to the seahawks this will be like the biggest surprise because in every single mock draft i've seen here in the last week the seahawks are taking jalen carter
1: yeah it just depends on yeah what they think of the off the field stuff and it's not just uh, the uh, you know the you know the, the the most publicized thing uh yeah, you know, about uh, the 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 auto accident and the subsequent death of uh, you know the you know Georgia coach and you know and, and player. Uh, there's more you know the, the work ethic. I even heard it mentioned in the last 24 hours. Does he actually like football? Uh, so I don't know if that's part of the smear campaign from whomever. Uh, but uh, you know it seems like the Seahawks. Are, you know the Seahawks are they, they've you know they've rarely been in this situation at number five but it's not like they haven't you know taken some guys with some shaky backgrounds before but it's been much lower in the draft and much later in the draft in the first round too
2: uh, yes and certainly that that's that was going to be the question after everything unfolded around the combine when his warrant was out for his arrest and he had to fly back and then came back to Indianapolis was how far Jalen Carter would fall. Uh, but most mocks seem to have him landing there at five. Uh, number six, the Lions. Well,
1: they, were, they were 30th in the run, against the run last season, too. So uh, the fact that it clearly football-wise – uh, he appears to be, you know, without a doubt, the best run-stuffing interior lineman in the draft, and I'm not even sure who's second.
2: Yes, it was fun to take prop bets for running backs when they were facing Seattle's defense last season. <laughs> uh, number <Okay. laughs> number six, the Lions. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, Illinois. Uh, obviously, here with some of the suspensions for the Lions and then just in general trying to shore up that secondary
1: yeah, I've heard everything here, including Anthony Richardson at number six. Uh, you know, they obviously, you know, have uh, you know, their quarterback at least for another year. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. But uh, you know, the fact that yeah, you know, Richardson could be like a red shirt for a year, and you know, they certainly seem to have some very good young players. They've also got tons of picks in this draft. They're at six and eighteen. They've got two first round, uh, two second rounders. I think they have nine or ten picks overall in this draft, uh, and they've got some draft. They've got some draft picks. Uh, they got multiple picks next year too, for that matter. Uh, so they have an opportunity to build on what they did last year, which was good. And they've got uh, lots of draft capital coming in the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, the Lions are sitting in a really good position to build out this team for themselves. Uh, and as and
1: pl- you. And look at the rest of the division right now, too.
2: <laughs> that was going to be my next thing is, you know, I don't know that it's that much of a hot take to say that the Lions should be, contend- be contending to win the division.
1: I'm not so sure I wouldn't bet on the Lions to win the division at this point. Uh, certainly not going to be Green Bay or the Bears. Just depends on how much you believe in Minnesota. And it's not exactly like they have the greatest offseason to this point, in my opinion. So we'll see
2: number seven for the Raiders Christian Gonzalez cornerback out of Oregon I've seen him pretty much slotted here at seven whether it's been the Raiders staying with this pick or the Raiders being the team that trade up to number three in the Cardinals at seven
1: well that's Eric Edholms one of his things in his latest his last mock draft he has the Cardinals swapping with the Raiders the Raiders kind of moving up to three to take C.J. Stroud Cardinals dropping to seven and uh, and taking uh, the uh, Pac-12 corner. Let's call him since uh, Gonzalez was at Colorado and then transferred and played last year at Oregon.
2: Uh, then you have number eight, the Falcons. Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. We also saw this with um, Peter King's mock draft as well. Not not letting him get out uh, from their sights at eight.
1: Yeah. Even though I think the, 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 the most prevalent thing I've heard or the most dominant thing I've heard regarding the, uh, the the Falcons is this is a trade. They're going to trade out of this pick, uh, which they should do. Um, so, you know, they could get, uh, you know, certainly if one of the quarterbacks is still there and somebody likes one of those quarterbacks or whether it's an offensive lineman, if they actually keep the pick, you know, I I think that offensive line would be their best idea, but, uh, this isn't exactly a line uh, a draft rich with tremendous and so, so-called for sure offensive linemen, whether it be guard or tackle.
2: Number nine for the Bears, Tyree Wilson, edge at a Texas Tech. I've seen him linked to the Cardinals as well, uh, but sliding here at number nine for Daniel Jeremiah.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I've actually seen him as high as number two. Uh, so we'll see and he has obviously we talked we previewed the the uh, Texans earlier this week and you know you know Wilson has a history you know, obviously not just at Texas Tech he was a big-time recruit went to A&M originally uh, so people in Texas know him that that should matter or not but uh, yeah he's got tremendous skill level and uh, you know I don't think the you know I, I think it was uh, yeah, I wish I remembered who, I didn't make a note of this, but yeah, I've actually heard him in the last couple of days called as the most sure thing as a defensive player in this draft. You yeah, know, you consider the things that have gone on and off the field with Carter and, and some other so-called top defensive players, but everybody really seems to think that uh, you know, he's big. a he's big-time player. There's no doubt about that. And was uh, highly thought of when he came out of high school, et cetera.
2: Uh, Ten here, Eagles. I've seen this slotted in uh, several different places. Nolan Smith, Edge, Georgia, trying to uh, bolster that defensive front and and get younger as well. So he doesn't have to uh, be ready to go right away.
1: I think the Eagles would be stupid if Bijan Robinson's there and they don't take him. Uh, He and Jalen Hurts together. I think it would be just a dynamic package and duo and try to defend those guys. And uh, Robinson, we talked about with Ed Holm earlier than, uh, during the sports zone, not just a running back who runs the ball, pass blocks, can catch the ball, seems to just be an impeccable human being. I've seen him on you know, various shows the last two or three days here. And uh, you know, this, you know, we heard about this when he was in, in high school in Tucson, that uh, I think the Eagles would be nuts if they bypass him.
2: Uh, Number 11 is the Titans. This is the first I've seen this selection in this spot coming from Daniel Jeremiah. Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College.
1: Yeah, some think he's the best receiver in the draft. Uh, He might be. uh, He's a little different receiver. Um, Some think he's just a slot guy. Others think that he's more than just a slot guy. Uh, some believe he's an excellent route runner not everybody apparently believes he's an excellent route runner uh, so we'll see what happens but uh, you know, he's gonna be picked in the first round for sure but I think there's a wide range of a lot of players in this draft uh, the first round tonight and uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he went like you know, as high as this pick or you know, in the twenty somewhere
2: Uh, And, you know, I had to get to number 12 in this mock draft because that's where the Cardinals in this mock draft from Jeremiah will end up be picking in the first round. So he has Paris Johnson, offensive tackle, Ohio State here for the Cardinals at 12.
1: I could live with it at 12. I am not convinced that Paris Johnson's a left tackle in the NFL. I know he had tremendous, you know, pass blocking grades. Uh, when he was at Ohio State, he only played left tackle in college full time for one year because they had other guys and they moved him and kind of uh, they, they moved him around or jerked him around, depending on who you uh, talk to uh, from various offensive line positions. And uh, I, I think he's you know, I'd be more confident with him. And uh, as far as a long NFL career, if he were a right tackle than a left tackle.
2: That's the number to join the program if you're interested. Call now. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. 602-260-1060. The Arizona Cardinals, as we kind of were going through this mock draft from Daniel Jeremiah, we stumbled into some of the players that have been linked. To the cardinals so far in the first round uh our friends over at our lads they provided their draft guides so looking into some of the things that they say and uh would you approve or disapprove if the cardinals ended up with these particular players we've talked about it numerous times that uh there's so many different areas of need that need to be addressed by the cardinals in this draft so you can almost kind of Get anyone, right? So we'll see if you approve or disapprove. Uh, also, your calls 602 260 1060. It's the extra point right here on KDUS AM 1060.
0: Hey Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060.
2: 725 here on kdos am 1060 as always you can follow along with us online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports it's the extra point as promised your calls 602-260-1060 so we'll pop on out to the kdos hotline al in phoenix what's on your mind today hello
0: kayla and bob uh, well first of all I'm warming up to more and more the idea that I'd like to see the Cardinals take B. John Robinson. I don't know if that sounds crazy, but I don't think they have much in the way of running backs, and they really could uh, use a player like him.
1: Yeah, I'd be in favor of that. Not at three, uh, but, you know, they could you know, trade down and get him. and. Um... I guess we're going to do this little exercise. You is know, going to quiz me on some of these guys that have been connected to the Cardinals. And I'm guessing I'm going to say most of the time, not at number three. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, he's a, you know, he certainly would fit a need, but then again, you can say that probably about another 15 players that could fit a need for the Cardinals right now.
0: Yeah. They got a lot of needs. And then uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Clippers. I mean, do you think that their window is closing? I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, arguably, when they're healthy, they're two of the top ten players in the NBA, perhaps. But are they ever going to be healthy? I mean, this is this is like every year they 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 seem to you know they struggle because neither one of them can stay on the floor.
1: Well, I don't know if their window is closing, so to speak, but you know they're stuck with them. So you know they've got both those guys the long term contracts. I don't think anybody's going to trade for either of them at this point. Uh, so I think they did the best thing, if I'm the Clippers, I think the only alternative they have at this point is just keep them and hope they can stay healthy and, you know, if, you know be healthy when the playoffs start one year and make it through the playoffs. Uh, you know, I actually, before, you know, before, before, the, uh, injury to George, a couple of weeks before the end of the season, I actually thought the Clippers were the team that, I uh, thought could do the most damage of anybody in the Western conference. Uh, as yeah, soon as he got hurt, as soon as he got hurt, then I, you know, they obviously that changed everything. And then when you know when Leonard got hurt, either in the first or second game, depending on who you believe, uh, in the uh, Sun series, they were completely done. But you know, I, I don't think they have really any choice but to you know keep both those guys because I don't, don't don't think anybody else is going to take them at this point, and their contracts are hefty and uh, long enough that I don't think they're tradable.
0: I, I agree. I to, and people counting that the Suns had some great victory in the first round over these guys, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. I, mean, I don't. Know, it wasn't that. I don't, I, I'm not being in the camp that would say it was an impressive, uh, impressive series win. Uh, you know, that being said, I think they have to light the matchup against the Nuggets, though. So.
1: Yeah, I, I had somebody point out to me last night that I hadn't really thought about this. But you know, when they made their run to the finals two years ago, I remember talking about this frequently at the time. But I really hadn't thought about it since. Remember that that year that they made it to the finals is they basically right? They played. They played. Yeah, Davis got hurt in the first round. Was that the Lakers they played the first round? And then yeah, Murray was out for the second round. And then Leonard got hurt the series before, and they didn't have to face him in the uh, conference finals. And now (laughs) they face the Clippers in this round last week without George and Leonard playing.
0: Uh, yeah, there. Well, at least like I said, at least we're going to see the play a, a healthy Nuggets team. But uh, let's we'll see. Uh, then on the, you know, the Miami Jimmy Butler. That's it's just sometimes it's not that it's just amazing. I mean, what he can do. I mean, those, I, I, as a Sixers fan, I mean the, the fact that they let him go just seems like a what a what a terrible mistake. But I mean the that. You know, I really was thinking that the Bucks were the the team to the team to beat for the uh, uh, for the championship. But it's very disappointing that uh, they made that early exit.
1: Yeah, I don't know about disappointing, but I thought they were pretty good. And then once I saw the Celtics play, some I didn't watch the Celtics that much during the regular season because I just don't watch the regular season very often. But once I watched the Celtics play, and who knows, maybe they'll go. You know, up in flames or down in, you know, up in smoke or down in flames or however that goes in the next couple of games here against the Hawks. But uh, the Celtics, to me, I don't think there's any doubt that the Celtics have more good players than any team in the NBA. That doesn't mean you're going to win the championship, uh, but uh, I've kind of changed my mind completely on uh, Milwaukee versus Boston, and I changed my mind before the Bucks got eliminated in this series.
0: You think Giannis's health and the fact that he was still kind of hurt that contributed to that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he was, you know, he was, you know, I don't know about last. It didn't seem like last night was nearly as bad as it was the night, you know, the other game, the the previous game was the first game he was back, and yeah, he was, you know, sucking some wind in that particular game. And I know he needed an IV at halftime, Uh, and then I think I also heard that he needed an IV after the game. Uh, which is, I guess, sort of understandable. Also kind of makes me wonder, you know, what kind of condition is he in? But you watch him run up and down the floor and he doesn't, you know, they don't have like a minutes quota on him usually. Uh, it was a mess. I mean, they've, uh, uh, you know, they, I think that, you know, they're, they're not a well-constructed team though as far as, you know, they really haven't gotten anything out of the draft and they've made, a, you know, the holiday trade worked out and got them a championship. But, They've made some other trades that haven't worked out. And Kayla mentioned a really good point about this Jay Crowder thing. Just, you know, he, he wasn't even effective. Did he even play?
2: No, well, um, he played like yeah. 10 seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. So I forgot he was even on their damn roster watching the last two games. I mean, you know, it was, uh, didn't work out too well.
2: Yep. All right. Well, thanks, uh Kayla and Bob. Appreciate thanks, Al. 602-260-1060. That's the number to get involved. All right. So Al had brought up Bijan Robinson. That's a name that has been linked here in the last couple of days to the Arizona Cardinals. So let's just start there. Uh, the This the terminology is coming to us from our lads and then i'll see if you approve or disapprove if they were to come on to the arizona cardinals roster uh robinson his skill set will present weapons for the running and passing games right away the combination of elusiveness and contact balance makes him a tough ball carrier to get on the ground but then he adds the finishing touch of elite runaway speed and short area quickness to create and lengthen separation from defenders uh he does put the ball on the ground too often in 2021, but he will allow too much separation between the ball and his frame.
1: I don't remember him fumbling last year though. Um, so yeah but uh I, I would be totally in on the Cardinals if they got him not at number three, but you don't need to get him at number three. Uh, you probably need to get him uh, just in case Philadelphia takes him at 10. Uh, maybe you need to make a trade. You can make a trade with Atlanta, who apparently is hot to trade down, uh, make a trade from the eighth pick. Uh, so maybe you could do, make a deal with them. But I'd be completely in on Robinson. And I know he's a running back, and we're all supposed to hate running backs, and they're never supposed to get a second contract, et cetera. But I think he's the most skilled running back that I could recall uh, since uh, you know, Zeke Elliott came out of Ohio State. He knows how to pass block, he catches the ball. He can obviously can run the ball, and, uh, you know, I think he's just a complete player. And, uh, you know, in fact, at home in uh, the sports zone, Eric Edholm uh, from NFL Media, compared to him to Tomlinson, I think that's a tremendous comparison there.
2: Well, you know, the running back that comes to mind, obviously, that had a lot of uh, prowess and exceptional abilities, Saquon Barkley, do you think the Giants regret taking Saquon Barkley as high as they did?
1: Um, get back to me on whether they uh, reach an agreement here with the franchise tag, (laughs) but I was not, I was not in the Saquon Barkley camp. He was frequently injured in college. Um, just didn't do a lot of stuff in college. You could, you know, he had the, the big playability. had a bunch of huge, long touchdown runs and catches and run after the catch on swing passes. But I just didn't think that just just didn't know whether he was going to survive in the NFL, and I'm not so sure he has survived in the NFL. He hasn't been healthy from start to finish too many times.
2: Moving on to another player that has been linked to the Arizona Cardinals corner, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. This coming from our lads here, tall and lengthy with a slim frame, outstanding athlete with remarkable quickness and agility, versatile corner who has played off and press man along with outside third and quarters coverage. Uh, I think, you know, it's kind of been going back and forth between him and Devin Witherspoon, whether or not they're, they're the best corners coming out of this draft
1: yeah i'm much more on witherspoon but i also need to you know quantify that by saying yeah i really didn't notice gonzalez that much at oregon i know that he got much better during the season i didn't even realize that until the last few days when i've heard a whole bunch of people say that he got much better during the season i saw plenty of witherspoon and uh he's a smaller dude but he's a he's a really fierce guy i wonder how he survives trying to stop running backs and tight ends and, you know, whomever in the NFL. But, uh, you know, I think skill-wise, I was much more impressed at the collegiate level uh, with Witherspoon than I was Gonzalez.
2: Alright, uh, sticking on the defensive side, players linked to the Cardinals. Will Anderson, we know he's coming from Alabama. This from uh, our lads here has been uh, a dominating force in Alabama's defense as the Jack linebacker plays with a non-stop motor explosive first step. He can beat an offensive lineman virtually out of his stance to turn the corner in the pass rush. Uh, in addition to that though, there's very few holes in his game, but he lacks bulk and if a blocker gets in his frame, he can get knocked upright
1: yeah and also the last time i can say this unless i mention it tomorrow and maybe i will if they go number if he goes number two tonight yeah you know, he had i didn't realize this until last week uh he had 100 less pass rush situations this past year at alabama as he did to, as opposed to two years ago he had much better at talent around him two years ago and uh, yeah, he actually did some. He played some of in the inside this past year, the last year at Alabama. So you know the fact that he clearly wasn't as productive uh, in his final year at Alabama, which I've mentioned far too frequently, and I would not have mentioned it as much as I did had I known that he had a hundred fewer pass rush situations last year as opposed to the year before. That's a hundred. That's a lot.
2: Tyree Wilson, edge Texas Tech, he's been linked to the Cardinals as well from Our Lads, an imposing athlete with over-the-top length and power, flashes, snap quickness, and passing downs, and his powerful, engaging blockers fits as a D-end with capacity to kick inside in sub-packages.
1: Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I, you know, I heard at least one tra- draft uh, you know prognosticator say that uh, he might actually have the be the most sure thing as any defensive player in this draft. I quite frankly, I didn't watch much Texas Tech last year because they were bad. Uh so I really didn't even know who he was uh until I knew of him actually a long time ago when he was recruited out of high school and I don't even do the high school recruiting thing but you know he went to a and he was much thought of, much you know highly widely heralded the greatest defensive player in the state of Texas, which is this case for like 5,000 defensive players ever in high school in the state of Texas. Uh, So I don't even know if I could really judge him because I really don't know much about him other than what I've just heard in the last two, three weeks.
2: Uh, And the last one we'll get to here is Paris Johnson tackle Ohio State. Johnson, uh, twitchy, long, and fluid pass protector with the mechanics and technique to handle pass rushers on the edge. Powerful and explosive run blocker to multiple levels. It does go on to say here, though, that uh, mechanics and techniques are on point but still gets bull rushed through the pocket. Feet are not always cohesive with upper body.
1: Yeah, I'm not buying into this, and I'm a an Ohio State fan. Uh, and uh, yeah, he only played the one year left tackle. Uh, I think he's more of a right tackle in the NFL. If the Cardinals like trade down a few picks, maybe. Uh, but I I think they could do better. And uh, uh, you know, I know that the the Bears, for instance, have been linked to him at number nine, and they strictly apparently think he's a right tackle. So there are more people other than me. Uh, more important people, NFL people, that think he's a right tackle and not necessarily for sure a left tackle.
2: So other than maybe Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, don't want any of those players at three?
1: Uh, the only guy I would take at three is if Will Anderson is. I wouldn't take anybody at three if I'm the Cardinals. I don't care who it is. Uh, no, Anybody in this draft, I wouldn't take at three. The Cardinals need so many more picks for the upcoming years, plural, and uh, they should take advantage of having the third pick in the draft and do the best they can. But of uh, the players that uh, I've heard linked to them, including what you just mentioned, I think the Anderson is actually the best player. But, yeah, I'm the guy that sat here and jumped on the table for, like, months that they need to take Isaiah Simmons. Could they ever possibly get him? And, man, was I wrong about him because I'm pretty sure at this point that he's just not that good
2: poll questions they're coming up next on the other side of the break it is the extra point right here on kdus am 1060.
0: kdus am 1060 is the home to the dan patrick show the doug gottlieb show and sports map radio Catch all the sports content here on am 1060.
2: Poll question time here on The Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Let's dive right into it and start things off with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Should the Cardinals trade the third pick of tonight's NFL draft? Yes or no?
1: Uh, yes, they should. It's not a new answer from me. We've been talking about this topic for weeks, months, seems to be years. <laughs> so hopefully we're not talking about it next year, so they trade down for whatever pick they're going to be next year, which I can't imagine is going to be very good. Uh, but they need, as many hum- they need as many bodies and players as they can possibly get out of this draft. They have an opportunity to get the, uh, certainly multiple picks if they trade down, and I'm guessing – the a trade package in return would include not just picks for this year, but maybe for next year. It should, uh, at least if you go by comparisons from you know teams that have recently traded down from somewhere in the ballpark where the Cardinals are right now. That uh, usually you get more than just a couple of picks for this year. Uh, so yeah, they definitely should. And you know, the you know I think the bottom line here is I don't think there's one player in this draft, no matter who it is. Uh, whether it's a quarterback, whether it be Will Anderson, whether it be Jalen Carter, whether whoever else, B. John Robinson for that matter, who I like. But I don't think there's one player in this draft that is going to you know help turn the Cardinals around in 2023.
2: Yeah, I've been on the side of trade down for a while now as well. Um, you know, you 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 hit it on the head that there's just so many areas of need right now. So get some draft picks, figure out how to uh, rebuild this roster, because I, I think it's also pretty clear that the The team itself, the front office itself, feels like they needed to strip things down. There were some key players that they didn't bring back in free agency. So it's pretty clear that they want to kind of just start with a fresh slate. And you do that by, uh, well, unless you're the Rams, you do that by building (laughs) through the draft.
1: (laughs) And I agree with the Cardinals, you know, the philosophy of their new front office. And their head coach and front office, whoever you'd like to throw into this clump, the decision makers, I totally think that this is the only way they could go at this point. And uh, it uh, may not be pretty for a year or two, but it wasn't pretty last year when they went for it.
2: Uh, the masses are out in front on the yes side of things at 80% of the vote, no sitting at 20%. I wish there was like a little comment section so we could say for the 20% on the no side of things, who do you want them to select then at number three? <laughs> I
1: know, that's true. Yeah. Those are the bad things about poll questions. You'd like to ask, just you know, kind of shake them or whatever and go, what are you thinking here? Why do you think that?
2: Yes, I have follow-ups. Like, Like, answer it so that you right. prove me wrong, you know? Like, what is yeah. your line of thinking here, and, and why should it be the right one?
1: <laughs> That's true. Well, we, you know, here's a thing you could do. I you know you've got some free time, I'm sure, <laughs> Kayla, that you can just, you know, the people that vote, you know, if, it, if the people disagree with our answers in these poll questions, you can get their phone numbers, and we will call them and put them on the show.
2: All right, I'll uh, add that to the list of things. It might be on the, the very bottom of the list, but we'll get to it.
1: Really? <laughs> right after the golf tournament for tomorrow? Or, you know, somewhere, in the, somewhere in that area?
2: Yeah, I might might not get to it. Might not happen. Okay. On okay. Twitter at kdos am 1060 this is the prevailing thought here as well that the panthers are taking bryce young obviously they made this trade this seems like eons ago that they made this trade up to the number one (laughs) overall pick uh they've they've made a lot of moves and decisions here bringing in frank Wright. so are the panthers making the right decision by selecting bryce young with tonight's first pick so i guess for me i start with I'm not overly enamored by everyone in this uh, quarterback draft class coming out. So I think Bryce Young... He's obviously, I think he's very accurate. I think he's very good. I think he has great anticipation. I think he has a great understanding of of what you're trying to do within the offense that he's running. But then you have those concerns and questions about his size and his height, and, and will that be a problem at the next level? Uh, if you're going to go off of what you've seen previously to shorter quarterbacks in this league, and also it's not just his height, though, it's also his frame and his ability to withstand and uh taking the the hits that might come his way. Uh so I do have questions because obviously you you make this move to move up to number 1 in the draft. You want to also you talked about it and mentioned it yesterday that From a roster construction standpoint, they seem to be in heads and shoulders above where this NFC South is. You just need the quarterback position to get you over the hurdle. I do think, though, that uh, when you put some of the intangibles together here and what I think of the draft class in general, um, gosh, that's a that's a your job's on the line if you get this one wrong. But sure. Yeah. Let's go. Bryce Young.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I'm against it, though. I, you know, 5'10", or whatever he measured at, I mean, I just can't imagine that this is going to work. Um, as you mentioned, there have been you know the Russell Wilsons and the Drew Breeses of the world. Those guys are you know kind of the minority as far as success goes. And you know, we've watched you know, Kyler Murray for several years here now get passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. That happens to even tall quarterbacks. What bothers me more is that Kyler Murray, uh, because of a lot of it, I assume a lot of it has to do with his short stature, he's been not good at all in throwing the ball in the middle of the field. In the middle of the field is the majority of the field. And uh, I don't think that's going to change no matter how good Bryce Young is. And I just wish that he were taller. If he were taller, this wouldn't even be an argument. He'd be the number one guy.
2: Yeah, I think those intangibles are just great, but that's the question mark. And uh, you're, like I said, your job's on the line if you get this wrong. Uh, and especially as well with where the Panthers are positioned in the NFC South, they're ready, to, they're ready to make a move now.
1: Yeah, and I'll add one more thing. I actually think Stroud's a more accurate passer. And for people who are saying he's doing the Ohio, he's sucking up to the Ohio State guy yeah I, I spent months before the draft during the draft, and since after the draft, I'm not sold on Justin Fields, so this isn't an Ohio State thing. But Stroud is accuracy on short passes. We had you know, dump offs to running backs, passes to tight ends of which he had a bunch of in the last two or three years because of multiple injuries, and obviously he had great wide receivers. But every level of passing, you know, short, immediate, deep. He is exceptionally accurate, uh, and uh, I think that that's uh, certainly his strength heading into this draft. But uh, you know, Young certainly has a lot of the other things. I'm concerned about his durability. However, he was injured a couple times at Alabama, and yeah, I remember he landed. On, I think it was he played old Miss last year when he landed on that shoulder, mm-hmm. and that just looked horrible at the time. I was actually impressed with his toughness that he came back and played as soon as he did. Quite frankly.
2: Uh, You know who impressed me? It was C.J. Stroud in that game against Georgia. That's when I was like, okay. Because previous to that, I wasn't 100% seeing what you were saying for the majority of the season.
1: Yeah, and he can. the the thing that the, the biggest knock, I guess, before that game is that he doesn't move around a lot. Well, A, he didn't have to move around a lot because they did have good pass protection for the most part with the exception of when they played Michigan, especially two years ago against Michigan, when Michigan had the edge rushers. He didn't have to move around a lot, but when he did, he could make plays. And then when they played against Northwestern this past year, when there was literally, like, gale, gale force winds and they couldn't throw hardly at all, even he couldn't throw hardly at all, Yeah, you know, he, he actually – they used his legs in that game and he ran quite a bit. Uh, so this notion that he can't run, I think, is bull – I think that he can run, but he just didn't have to. And I think they were really concerned that if he gets hurt, they don't have a backup quarterback, and they're really screwed at that point.
2: Uh, got us sidetracked there. I'll get to the masses here. Yes, out in front, 77.8% of the vote, no trailing at 22.2%. This is on Twitter, at AM 1060 to cast your vote. And prognosticating ends tonight. For the first round, the NFL draft, 5 p.m. You can follow it's along. For
1: us, in like five minutes. <laughs>
2: <Which> <laughs> well, is good. that's true. We don't actually have to talk about um, it anymore.
1: Um, I'm all talked out. Yeah
2: well we'll wrap up this edition of extra point on this thursday april 27th on the other side of the break maybe i'll um excuse you from nfl draft conversation no maybe i'll throw something else in there i guess we'll have to find out uh that's all coming up to wrap up today's
1: i'm betting i'm betting we do
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's happening next here on the extra point
1: Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question
0: on kdus1060.com. That's kdus1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kent's bottom line at kdus1060.com.
2: segment of this extra point edition on thursday april 27th bob kemp kayla mortellaro with you bob it's thank you time
1: as always we thank you for listening special thanks to the callers emailers tweeters texters whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks also our guest today nfl draft preview eric Etholm from nfl media check out his mock draft in which he has the cardinals trading out and down out of the third pick and I didn't get into the mock draft too much with Eric because I want you all to go to NFL Media, NFL.com, and check out his latest mock draft. Also, we went around the NBA playoffs with Zach Cram from The Ringer. Got into the Suns and the Nuggets, uh, among other things. Sound of Day, courtesy of CBS, ESPN, Bally Sports Arizona, NBA TV, TNT, and K, uh, KBME, that's the Astros flagship station, as uh, they've had quite a few five or six days here with three wins against the Braves and two wins at Tampa against the Rays, and they shut them out in those last two games in Tampa after Tampa was undefeated at home before that. As always, special thanks to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. By the way, tomorrow, uh, among other things, in the one-hour sports zone tomorrow, uh, Jeff Kerr will join us from CBSSports.com, and we'll have a review of the uh, first round of the draft and uh, assume at some point we'll talk about who didn't get picked in the first round and what we're looking forward to in the, the second and third round on Friday night. Kayla Uh, tell us what's coming up next
2: up next from noon to one o'clock it is sports map radio network followed by the Doug Gottlieb show from one to three the Rich Eisen show from three to five I have a feeling Rich Eisen's not hosting he's a little busy today Uh, then you have uh, (laughs) Dave Rooster Bierstein with the sports zoo from five to six tonight ASU baseball lost to Cal State Fullerton last night uh, 11 to 8 they will begin a series against Oregon Friday 4 45 p.m pregame first pitch at 5 on kazg 1440 a.m and kdos 1060.com slash sun the nfl draft is tonight 5 p.m abc espn nfl network are your choices celtics and hawks celtics look to close out atlanta tonight that's at 5 30 p.m celtics minus 7 hawks plus 7 on the FanDuel sportsbook app so bob are you laying Minus 5,000 for Bryce Young to go number one overall tonight. That's what the current odds are on the FanDuel Sportsbook app for Bryce Young to go number one tonight.
1: I don't know if I've ever laid for minus 5,000 in anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will Anderson's minus 250 to go number two. Tyree Wilson plus 600 to go number two. CJ Stroud plus 800 to go number two. Uh, if you wanted to go Bijan Robinson over 12.5, plus 182, under. Twelve and a half at minus two fifty. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy the NFL draft tonight. The sports zone with Bob Kemp is with you tomorrow, 9 a.m.